Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. Hello there. Welcome to the Driven Chat Podcast. This is the podcast companion of an automotive leaning to Driven, the radio show on Talk Radio, the celebrity chat show you can hear across the weekends. And at the end of those shows, you hear from the team that we have assembled here, our automotive superstars. Messrs. John Quirk. Hello, dude. How are you? He's our journalist. Mr. John Markar, the man with car in his name. Good day. And Miz, is, do you like Miz or Miss? I think Miss. Miss, yeah, Miss sounds yeah. better. I just thought Miz, Miz was like... Miz, I always, like, you know, it's a bit difficult to say Miz. You just Miz. sound like a bit of a, a bee, so no, Miss, Miss Amy Miss, Shaw. Miss Amy Shaw. Hi. Hello. <laughs> so we are your uh, automotive ramble chat people. And I've kind That's of, us. I've stolen the ramble chat from Adam Buxton, and because he's got the best podcast in the world ever, I hope he doesn't mind. <laughs> Sorry, you put Adam. the word automotive in front of it. So yeah. Copyright that. There right. we go, there we go. So we chat to you about cars, we chat to you about life, we chat to you about things we like driving and things that go fast and slow and <laughs> burn fossil fuels and charge batteries and all that kind of, you know, stuff. <laughs> I've also been talking a lot today, so I'm thrilled to be able to hand over all the rest <laughs> of it to Mr. John Quirk. Now, what's been funny since, obviously, we, we aired the, the first podcast last week, there's been a lot of chat on social about the title driven what yeah. it means like, yeah. you know obviously there are there are multiple meanings to it on the, on the main show we are obviously talking to uh, lots of celebrities to sort of discover what really drives them we've got the features of all, all the supercars that the, the team is testing it has multiple meanings but i thought what would be actually quite good to start this episode on was what drives the, the four of us because okay. you know mm -hmm. we are all quite sort of singular minded in our approach 
um, uh, you know, we're sort of fighting our own battles and stuff. So yeah, that, I thought we should kick that kick that off. So maybe let's go with Amy first. Nice. Okay. If that's so cool. what drives me? Um, I think I just don't want to die thinking, oh, <laughs> oh, that was a bit boring. I'd like to be able to know that I've I don't know tried to live as well and as 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 fun as possible, but on that level of still living to an old age. So that kind of balance between fun, but yet actually not like killing myself too early or anything like that. So um, yeah, I don't know, things like adventures and, and, and people like, um, have you ever heard of Elspeth Beard? She is mm. the, the first woman that rode her motorcycle around the world and she's uh, amazing. She's such an amazing character and I remember reading her book and thinking, God, you're cool. And just think, because <laughs> she got like shot down so many times at, at the beginning of, of like her, her adventuring kind of, uh, space, say career, but, um, and she just thought, you know, screw you, I'm still going to go and do this anyway. And so I think, yeah, people, like Elspeth and um, yeah who just want to adventure and make sure they are living life even though they don't know everything to do with everything and that you know there's so many things that will like uh, I don't know um, like bash you down I guess and yeah. just to be able to still keep going is something really admirable so yeah I think that people like Elspeth are probably uh, yeah what drives me and the idea of yeah not being boring so that was that was a, an irritatingly brilliant answer question. sorry I, I wish you hadn't <laughs> wish you almost hadn't like you thought about it but what I, what I don't get so with I, can, I can counter it slightly though because I, th I thought of two songs whilst Amy was chatting okay. one of them was Chumba Wumba <laughs> I get knocked oh, down yeah. but I get up again <laughs> And the other was the, that lyric from Robbie Williams, I hope I'm old before I die. Yep. Two, like, truly rubbish songs, incidentally. <laughs> I'm ashamed to I have admitted them. No, yeah, you do, John. I don't You're, know if you I don't do. pretend you weren't a massive Robbie Williams fan. No. He's very young, Andy. We must have been about, <laughs> you and I must have been about nine or something when I it think came we out. were. I've been to Robbie Williams' house. <laughs> okay. Well, so ooh. that's a bit of a tangent. But, um, and I've seen, his, nice? uh, I've seen his escape room. Which uh, is really well. Not what do they call it? Safe room. Safe room. He's panic room. Sa panic room. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. I is can't Robbie say, Williams' I can't house say what drives you, John? Would you look at that house? <laughs> I tell you what, it's, what it's enough to make you think. God, I wouldn't mind having a bit of cash in the bank because uh, it was quite posh. I won't say where it is or or anything like that, but it was a cool house. I mean, I I doubt he's listening and would tell no, you. No, true. Could you give us a rough like what county is it in? Oh, it's it's London. Okay. West. Yeah. Not far from Portobello Road. Okay, that'll do. <laughs> it was in the paper because he was trying oh, to get was. an extension. It was, he? and, and it was. Sort of who was the next door neighbour? It was some. It was a was rock it star. Like Roger Daltrey. Or it was somebody like, like that. that. It was a big, a huge, huge rock star person who was like, "No, he's digging up my garden." And have you remembered it? Yeah. Oh, oh no, like Led Zeppelin. He's in Led Zeppelin. Robert Plant. It's not Robert Plant. It might have been um, the drummer. No, Jimmy. Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page. I think it is Jimmy Page. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Imagine yeah. that, Jimmy Page having a feud with Robbie Williams about an extension. Makes me a bit sad to think about it, really. My, my money's on Jimmy Page. <laughs> what yeah. winning? Well, I've been to that house, and it's fabulous. <laughs> did, it ha did it have the basement conversion? You no, might not convert. yet. Not so yet. maybe it didn't get no, And it had a very underwhelming garage, only a two-car oh, garage. I just thought it was a bit rubbish. It's because he's got a secret like lair right I underneath so. that. He's already built the, the, the bunker. Yeah. Now that I've said that, I don't know if I'm actually allowed to say I went there, because I... Strictly speaking, I shouldn't have been. It's fine. He's not listening, <laughs> as, we, as you say. It's fine. I mean, he might be. He might have a penchant for spin-off podcasts of a celebrity chat show. It's true. But you never know. True. Robbie, if you are listening, nice house, mate. <laughs> but with, with yourself, John, if we go mm. back to the subject yes. of what drives Sorry, people, yes. yourself and Amy, you, you both have your own businesses. You're, yep. you're clearly very sort of self-motivated in the same sort of spirit of, I guess, being like a racing driver in the sense that they, they are in that cockpit on their own, doing their own thing. And I, I think I'm more of a sort of a, a team player and I, mm -hmm. I sort of buzz off getting that team in interaction and that's what spurs me on to be better. So how, 
what what are your benchmarks when you're when you're doing stuff solo? I mean, is it just yourself? No. So my company, I, there's me and one other that actively run the company. Um, so yes, yeah, so a travel a, a car travel company, classic grand touring. We plan driving holidays that go all over the world, which is massively exciting. Um, so yeah, it's not it's not a one man band as such, but I've done plenty. There have been many years of slogging away trying to get bits and pieces done i guess what's the benchmark i don't i don't really know and i was worried you were going to say a word that i hate that begins with e and rhymes with i don't know what it rhymes with there's a lot of mystery <laughs> around the things you don't mm, want to say today it's true yeah i'm in a mysterious mood mysterious. no um i uh, people often use the word entrepreneurial and i i don't know why i hate it but i hate it i absolutely hate it because all i'm doing as far as i'm concerned is dicking about with cars <laughs> And that's all I've ever wanted to do. Like from as far as soon as I realised I could do this sort of thing as a job, I was delighted because that that's basically it. And I don't know if there are any benchmarks because I probably will go forward in life, even if I'm quite successful in one area. I will then want to go and do something else. And a bit like what you said, Amy, I I hate the idea of getting to a point, um, you know, as as so many of us do, a doctor will pull you to one side and go, "Oh, bad news, mate. You know, you've got six months to live." I don't want, you know, I'm not afraid of that ever happening. But if it does happen, I'd rather not be able, you know, I'd rather not think, oh, damn, this has got rubbish. (laughs) Sorry, it's got deep, hasn't it? Or it's got inspirational because you're like, yeah, you know, let's go and make sure you live every minute that you can and enjoy it. Well, that's the thing. It's just about having fun as far as I'm concerned. I think, you know, it's great being, if you can build a business to be successful, absolutely brilliant. But the bottom line is you have to be having a good time. But I think that's kind of the thing with with both classic cars and, and, you know, racing there's no logic to it other than for fun. Yeah, like basically, yeah. I don't, about, yeah. What about, what about you, John? I don't really, I don't really know what you think. Fear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're driven by fears. <laughs> Survival. Yep. I don't know. That's <laughs> why you've moved to Transylvania. <laughs> so I'm counting down the day till I die. Not not too fussed, and you're actively trying to avoid it. No, I think I think it is. Um, I think there is a genuine fear about sort of like lo- losing some kind of relevance because I think. In all of our industries, stuff is stuff moves so quickly. Mm-hmm. So I do feel that if you sort of stay static for a bit too long, that definitely makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, but you know what has escalated that is social media. Yeah, mm. everything has to be new and like you know, immediate. You fall off someone. I mean, I, I think it was John Marker said to me the other day, you know, if you don't, for example, with Instagram, which is something I dally with and don't do very seriously. I mean, I don't do anything on Twitter after some horrendous trolling and all the rest of it. So, and and John was kind of saying, no, 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 no. You you won't get noticed unless you post at least once a day. Mm. And that just makes me kind of go, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so that, that whole, if that's what's staying relevant is, no, not interested. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's just, uh, you know. And it's the pressure of what everyone else seems to be doing so well at. Of course, we all use social media to say, look at this amazing car I'm driving, or look, I'm on a plane, I'm going to the Maldives. And, you know, you're not going, oh, look, I'm doing my tax return. <laughs> I've earned no money. You know, it's like, <laughs> it, it is bizarre. And I've definitely fallen victim to it in the past of looking, you know, looking at my own social feeds going, oh, no, I'm not as good as Tim down the road or something like that. It, yeah, it's, but it is, it's, it's nonsense. But you aren't, I mean, th- that is because you aren't as good as Tim down the road. Though, that's so true. <laughs> that is true. That Tim's doing very well. Uh, next week on the podcast, we have Tim from down the road. <laughs> and, uh, Sharing his Amy, Amy and John. 
Make sure you uh, make sure you check that one out. Actually, coming up shortly on the podcast because I'm mindful that we have just gone in a kind of bit of a DNM <laughs> moment, which is I'm quite happy with, but the listeners might not. We do have a Formula One world champion for you in the shape of Mr. Nico Rosberg, 2016 champion. Uh, in a way, I don't think you'll have ever heard him speak before, unless of course you listened to the Driven Radio Show on Talk Radio at the weekend, <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which, which is quite possible. But if you didn't, uh, then you're going to hear him later on. Um, so, Quirky, you're you're basically driven by fear and teamwork. Just, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of brushstrokesing over Not your, fear of your yeah. thoughts now. And, and, and maybe chips. Chips, yeah. You know, if, anyone's, chips. if anyone's, you know, selling a, a good, good portion of chips, I'm, with, I'm with, in. With cheese I'll and curry on or anything good. like that? Uh, mushy peas. Mushy peas. That's yeah. a good show. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Bit of gravy. No. Oh, no. <laughs> We're going too far north now. Wow. <laughs> wow. Now, look, to speak, speaking of which, I thought earlier on, John Marker and I were chatting, and I was a bit worried that Angry Quirky was going to arrive, <laughs> right? I did. Now, I haven't seen Angry Quirk, but I have Does it exist? Uh, well, I have an idea of Angry Quirk in my head, and I'm, I'm flipping terrified of him. And the reason, why, the reason why we come to this is because on the way here, Amy, in her wonderful <laughs> Defender, decided that it would be a good idea whilst driving to break down. Yep. And and then drop a pin so that all three of us could attempt to rescue her, being the gallant guys. <laughs> the only one, of course, that didn't see the message was Quirky, who happened to be also the only one who was right by her. <laughs> and so driving, in and his defence. Did driving. you drive past me? I don't actually know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so a very probably, distinctive defender and thought, oh, that can't be Amy. Screw her. Oh, a, <laughs> that's <laughs> really cool. <laughs> he like drove past me. It's a one-of-a-kind landy. Yeah. And Amy Shaw photography. <laughs> With my oh, head in the in Fancy the that. Planet. I wonder if she's going the same place as us. Anyway, I'll just keep going. So, so I get Quirky on the phone, make him turn around. He was extremely happy and receptive to do so. Meantime, Amy's decided she can get the car going again. And I say to John Marco, well, Quirky's going to be furious. I'm going to send him back round. Amy's charging off. She's practically here. No, Quirky, keep going. Keep going. Just a couple more junctions down. So I thought Angry Quirk was going to show up, but oh thankfully no, no. I found it quite funny because obviously Amy had pinned her, her profile on, on the map and Amy's profile pic is just her face. So when, <laughs> you, when, you, when you look at the map, you just see this giant face of Amy <laughs> <laughs> driving, driving down the motorway. <laughs> but then what's funny is I got to the petrol station and nearly drove off without you. <laughs> yeah, you did, you did. But I was there, I was there in spirit anyway. I, yeah. I want you to always have that now, Amy, so that I can yeah. constantly see your face travelling around the country. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of fun. Although that does make me sound like a bit of a stalker, doesn't it? <laughs> no, I'd quite, you know, I'd feel safe. I'd feel like I've got a guardian angel watching over me. <laughs> massive, massive face in the countryside. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, right, so... I think we've got to know each other a bit better. That was the that was the point of that chat, wasn't it, it John? It was, but there are. I, I've been thinking there are other ways because uh, you know this is still new. We are still getting to know each other, which is nice. Um, and a good way to get to know each other is to find out all about the best and worst, terrible, brilliant, disastrous motoring decisions we've made. Because I'm sure amongst us all, we've all bought or sold or or lost or missed out on some truly horrific slash brilliant things. I can jump in here if Go that's all right. Is this a purchase or a or a, a sale? Oh, because you know, like everyone has got the car they shouldn't have sold. Oh yes, right. Yeah. You know, we've all got cars we shouldn't have bought. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but the cars we shouldn't have sold, Quirky, you'll back me up on this. My original Civic Type R, oh, which I loved that thing. I mean, I loved it. It was the best gearbox, best manual gearbox I have ever driven. What Just sort of age are we talking? Sheer about? joy. What well, when I sold it? What do you know? What shape it was? Yeah, it was the original. 
So the EK9? That's the bunny. EK9? That sounds right. That sounds about right. Quirky's on the Google. Quirky and I drove the... We didn't drive my the car I sold, but Honda have one in their fleet, and we drove it together oh. a couple of years ago, and it was the it was that exact model. Can you remember? I love watching John not being able to remember I as I a moment I truly love. You treasure. I think I think you're too not. you're too young for uh, for an EK. Yeah, but maybe it wasn't an EK nine. I mean, yeah. you know, like I say, not the car guy, the journalist. Not him. What, no. What made the photographer. No, I'm the bloke that asked the <laughs> questions. But I had a car story for you very quickly. I wanted to share. I wish I'd never sold my Civic Type R. Why don't you get another one? Yeah. Uh, because I have children. And yeah, screw them. And also... That's um, a very no, practical <laughs> You're right, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> They're adorable. Can you don't take them back? <laughs> I don't know how it works. I'm a bit in love with them, actually. But no, I mean, here's the thing. I... So I have, I have spoken about this before, so I can be quite candid about it. I got a speeding van in that car. Did you? Uh, yeah, yeah. I got, I got, I went really quite fast in it, and I was trailed by um, a very nice policeman for quite a long way. In a helicopter, and he had a, he had a lot of uh, he had a lot of video footage of me going far too fast. Oh. This is way, way, way like so long ago in the annals of time. You know, no one would ever remember, but mm. I'm sharing it anyway. I'm, I'm a very old man, as I've said many times before. And I did when I went to um, that's the one John's holding oh, up. Mr. Okay. Quirk is it's holding the, it's up the second generation EP3. Thank you very much. Yeah. Second generation. So EP3. this is the one with the gearbox that was out of the dash. Yes, it's yeah. on the dash. Yeah. I love yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. car. I mean, yeah. I loved that car, and I had it for a long time, and I absolutely loved it. And when I um, when I stood in front of the uh, the judge to discuss <laughs> to discuss my speeding situation, I was very honest because I was very honest with the policeman. Mm. Where, you know, when I was pulled over and everything else. Empty road, laddy daddy. No excuse for it though. You shouldn't speed. This is in my youth. I was a fool. Anyway, I did say to her, "Look, I, I had a really fast car. I was trying to show off to this girl, who is now my wife, incidentally. Yes, uh, which is you know something. Um, <laughs> and thankfully, I had proposed in between my speeding <laughs> and my court date, so I was able to share that as well, uh, which which quite impressed her. And um, yeah, so I did sort of say to her, "Look, I, yeah, I, I I do like driving fast. I've got a car that goes really quickly, and it's really great fun to drive. So um, would it help if I if I said I'll sell it?" And she said, "Yeah, that would help." So I sold it. Well, if it helps, my friend Joanna's just bought one. Literally just bought one. So I'm sure she'll lend it to you. For well, I would be very responsible now. I'm sure you know, because I because I now am a dad with lots to lose. So I drive like an absolute nun <laughs> with a very light right foot. Um, but yeah, no, I I do regret selling that, even though I sort of promised a, the court of law that I would. Promise there you go. Judy. <laughs> That's my overly long regret. Or it's uh, it's, that's it's beautiful. <laughs> well, it's beautiful. what about you? What about you, Mark? I'll watch with, uh, I yeah. Don't, I don't know if I've. I think I've been quite lucky with purchases. I haven't. I'm very good at finding cheap cars that I oft, often question. Are, good at, are they too cheap? Um, things that I've sold. I do. I do have a bit of a sales regret. I, I had a lovely E46. If we're getting into code numbers here, E46 M3. Oh. And it was Laguna Seca blue. Oh my gosh, mm. rare. The rare colour. Really rare. It's a bit of a Marmite colour because people either absolutely love it or they hate it. I'm a fan. I'm, and in, I'm in the love it. Here's camp. the interesting thing. At the risk of sounding a bit sexist here, mm -hmm. which I'm not, I'm really <laughs> sure, um, girls for some reason seem to absolutely hate the colour. I distinctly that's remember. That's why I sold it. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it's why I sold not, it. It's not. It's as simple as that. Did you it? not get any girlfriends over the time that you owned so it? So I, I did, but... It was the most commented I did, thing. But I was mostly <laughs> dating men. 
So the, the, I, I idolised the car. I remember picking up, uh, it would have been, I think it was Top Gear magazine, and it was on the front cover of Top Gear magazine, and I would have been about 14 or 15 when it was on the front cover. And I really, it sounds so cliche, I remember taking the magazine home and saying to my dad, I'm going to buy one of these cars one day, and it was the Laguna Seca Blue M3, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, 26 years old, a few years later, I, I bought one. I was delighted with it. But yeah, I remember taking it to the office. I was working for Gumball at the time. I took it to the Gumball 3000 offices, and I thought, the guys are going to bloody love this. I've got the Laguna Seca Blue M3. And Lucinda, who's uh, one of the girls that works in the office, looked out the window and went, could you not get it in a nicer colour? Did they not have a nicer oh. colour? I was like, Sting. What? And it was a common, it was a recurring theme. Girls just tend to hate it. Guys would try and crash their car at traffic lights or roundabouts just to go, oh my God, is that Laguna Seca Blue? But yeah, I did sell that. I sold it for... Admittedly, a little bit more than I bought it for, but I knew the second I sold it, that was a really big mistake because now they're, they're, they're sort of like 12, 13 grand plus and they're going up basically every week. So yeah. I, I do regret that. I wish I'd kind of just done some better man maths or worse man maths and kept it to one side. You went to know, John. You went to know. Well, I, well, I, I, I did know. but <laughs> I knew it was going to go up in value, but no, I sold it anyway. Um, oh. How about no. you, Quirky Regrets? You've had a few? Uh Yes, I regret buying a Jaguar XJ6 Series, no. series one oh. and a half, How? Na- 1973. It was um, oh so. So the loophole around it was when you're when you're a, a bit younger and you're living in London, car insurance is really expensive. That's so true. so a good way to circumvent it is to go and buy a classic car. Mm-hmm. So in my infinite wisdom, I found this like amazing turquoise coloured XJ6. I've got a photograph and of it has, here. It's it has a sort of... Stunning. There you go. Look at that. It's exactly oh, exactly that. that one. Yeah. So it's like turquoise, big sort of square grill, which is kind of what the modern day Jaguar XF and Ian Callum was It's a gentleman's by. cruiser. It was a gentleman's cruiser yeah. when it worked. So, <laughs> so the, isu- the issue with it was, it was, it's like, a, yeah, it was a straight six engine, um, very old because it's 1973. And like one of the first experiences I had driving it because I was so proud of it. I took one of my, my really good friends out and we wanted to like, cruise around London and we got as far as Hyde Park Corner Roundabout <laughs> and it, it broke down on Hyde Park Corner Roundabout. No. The gearbox overheated. It was oh. only like a three-speed automatic and it overheated so it wouldn't change gear. Amazing. So it, would, it kind of like seized. And what we had to do was, I yeah, had to basically get out of the car on Hyde Park Corner Roundabout, all the cabbies, all the buses honking at me, swearing at me. <gasps> I had to push it down Piccadilly and literally just dump the car in Mayfair and then basically do what Amy's doing at the moment and just go online to try and buy... I have this vision of you, Quirky, because firstly, I think that sounds like an amazing photograph, right, yes, Amy? absolutely. Breaking down there. But secondly, I have this vision of you pushi- pushing the car, and for some reason I've got you in a zoot suit and winkle pickers. You'd have to be. <laughs> you know? By law. Just <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd, it's just one of those, you know, when the dream doesn't quite... Yeah. <laughs> it's crashing <laughs> down yeah. around you. Uh, to, to the reality. So that was like one of my first experiences of owning a classic car. And then I, I swore I wouldn't buy another one until I've got a garage and enough time and energy and money mm. to be able to sort of work on them properly. Because it was, you know, you always go and stretch yourself, don't you, when you try and buy something. And then, you know, I was foolish and I didn't leave any additional budget to try and. I mean, s- let's, let's be fair. Fix pa- it. Passion project cars, they are an absolute money pit. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and you get into it knowing, you know, rather like when you buy a pet, you know you're going to love that thing. You know it's going to enhance your life. You know it's going to give you so much glory. 
but you also know it's going to get ill and die. <laughs> and that's the payoff, isn't it? Though it enhances yeah. your life, it feels amazing, but in the back of your head, it's yeah. like, oh, but this little thing's going to die someday, and I'm going to outlive it. Ah, <laughs> it's the same with a beautiful passion project car. Yes. You know you're going to love it, but it's going to cost you an absolute fortune. And this is the brilliant thing about man or woman maths, in the sense that they don't, they never make sense. You might make even on your money, or yeah. you might make a bit of money on it. But the bottom line is, you've been spending money on insurance, yeah. tires servicing all these things of like absolutely speeding tickets you. Uh, and then you're <laughs> speeding <laughs> tickets but that is the thing and it's like amy you said at the beginning very beginning of this podcast and this is unplanned which is beautiful the fact that the kind of cars that we do buy for fun we do it exactly for that reason mm-hmm. we could all just go out and buy nissan micros which would work perfectly and would do all the things we need them to do as a car but we don't we we choose not to Exactly. And that's the reason we buy classic cars. Now, I'm guessing, Amy, you have bought at least one other classic car other than, or bike, other than the Defender, which might have been a, yeah, well, I don't want to say bad decision, but <laughs> challenge. You know, th- probably the opposite. I'm going to go with the one of the best decisions, actually. Uh-huh. So um, when I was at university, I still lived at home with my parents, but actually had my student loan still. So I decided that I was going <laughs> to spend my student loan on my first classic car, which I still own, which is my Mini. So Yay. my 1985 uh, Austin Little Mini Mayfair. That's brilliant. Best decision ever made. And you, you are completely right. You, you buy it knowing, I think I bought it on eBay for like £1,700 or something like Perfect. that. There's actually some CCTV footage of me finding out that I won it on eBay because I was at work at the time. I used to work at a cinema. And uh, yeah, so th- it was just the joy that you could see in my little like pixelated face was, um, yeah, I, I still feel, even when you are shouting at that thing because you are stuck on the side of the road because you have overheated or something stopped working, you, you still, you get it home and then it starts working and you're like, Oh, I love you really, yeah. and I think with classic cars, you, you, you uh, yeah, as John, you know, correctly said, you, you can't buy them and think, yeah, you know, this will be fine forever and ever. You have to buy it knowing that you are going to love it because <laughs> it will break down and you will hate it, and you still need to love it after that. It's so a relationship. It, it is. is. It totally yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, I love that you worked in the cinema as well. I've yeah. always wanted to work in a cinema. It's great fun. You get to, well, it used to be able to watch all the films for free, and uh, yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> be a bit weird if you couldn't. Yeah. Well, okay, you can go in and clean. <laughs> You can take some tickets, but no watching the film. No. Eyes closed if you go in. If a customer has an issue, close your eyes. Put your fingers in your ears. Step out of the room. Leave. No watching of the film. <laughs> um, so, look, shall we go to a world champion? What do you reckon? Yeah, let's yes. let's hear from a world champion. Okay. How many other podcasts can say that? A lovely one. I'm, I'm not even going to do a pod search to find out. I would no. imagine there'd be a few. <laughs> but how many can say you're going to hear Nico Rosberg make you laugh? None. Let's see if he does. <laughs> Now, my next guest, I am elated to be able to say, is an absolute winner, former F1 world champion and all-round superstar, and a man who has so much to say about the future. It's Mr. Nico Rosberg. Nico, thank you very much for your time today. How are you? I'm quite happy because I seem to fit quite nicely to the title of Driven in all senses of the word. Do you know what? That is something that I wanted to ask you from the beginning, is, of course, Driven is it's about what drives people. It's about what gets people out of bed in the morning and, and keeps them going and makes them excited and makes them want to do bigger and better things. And I was going to say, in your life and your career, you've been driven in two different ways. You know, there was the, the beginning of your career, which was your entire childhood up until 2016, which was becoming Formula One world champion. And then there was the second chapter in your career, which is, which is what you're living now. So just quickly about F1, what kept you getting up each day? Because the amount of training and practice and, and focus you have to have to even compete 
at, at the most basic of level in, in motorsport is non-stop, isn't it? Well, basically, I'm so competitive as a person and I just have to win. When I'm doing something, I have to win. I have to become the best. And Rosberg, on his debut, gets himself up into the points. What a brilliant performance from young Rosberg, no doubt about it. The problem was, however, that I had a certain guy called Lewis Hamilton next to me with exactly the same machinery, same machinery as I had. So, so that didn't exactly make it any easier to reach my goal of winning. But at the same time, it's an opportunity because when you're faced with such a huge challenge yourself, you have an opportunity to grow beyond the realms of, you, of what you thought was possible. And that's what I did in the end, particularly also the defeat. Getting defeated by Lewis, they made me so damn motivated because I never, ever wanted to feel that kind of failure and defeat ever again. So the motivation in me was like unbeatable in the last year in 2016. And and that was all the assets then uh, which propulsed me uh, to winning the, the championship in the end. Obviously, you, you secured it. You achieved your childhood dream. What did that feel like? Did, did it seem real? It doesn't seem real because it, for me, it was impossible to win the Formula One World Championship. Uh, growing up, it was never a realistic goal. It's just, it's impossible. I mean, look, the legends, Michael Schumacher, Mika Hakkinen, no way are you going to be able to do something that's somewhere similar. Okay, not as many times, but still somewhere similar. And uh, even to the last lap, to the last lap in Abu Dhabi fighting Lewis, uh, you know, Lewis being one of the best of all time, you just, it's, it's always going to be, you always think, okay, he's just some, somehow he's going to do something now, even in the last lap, last corner, which, which is going to get him the win as, as he always wins. For Nico Rosberg, 34 years after his father Keke became world champion, is about to see the chequered flag and the podium finish that he needed. Lewis Hamilton wins the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Nico Rosberg is second. He takes the championship 34 years after his father. It's like father, it's like son for the Rosbergs. It takes time to sink in because personally it's just so damn big. It's ridiculous. Uh, it takes time to sink in, but uh, it was spectacular. And the feeling then is just a feeling of total fulfillment because it's a goal that I've pursued for 20 years, such a long time. And then it comes true. Yeah. You cross that line and no one can take that away from you anymore. Such a big feeling of fulfillment. And, and then instinctively, it just felt the right moment to say, OK, I'm moving on now. Well, that's I mean, that's the thing which, which was so fascinating is because obviously when we talk about people being driven, you know, people have different lives, different career goals, etc. You know, some people, they want to earn a million pounds. Some people want to be famous. Some people want to find love. Some people want to be a parent. In your case, you had this very clearly defined goal that may not have seemed achievable, but you were going to do it. You knew you had the talent. You knew you had a fast car, etc. You knew you had a you're a phenomenal racer. But even so, as you've alluded to there, becoming Formula One world champion, it, it was fairyland stuff. So when you did it, you know, the, the biggest goal of all, to then just sort of step away a few days later and say, OK, that's it, I'm, I'm done. What was that like? Was that, was that like a huge relief or was it a frightening decision to make? It was very, very scary. I mean, that was, uh, that was extremely scary because it was a huge disruption in my life and I had no plan. I had no plan for afterwards, so I was jumping into a void. At the same time, uh, for me, it was a very rational decision because it was always clear to me that I, my ex exit was going to be very important. Um, also because being driven into and being too extremely driven, for me personally, was going to be unhealthy in the long term. If I just want more and more and more always, it's going to end up in, in a disaster. I was aware of all those things, so uh, the timing had to be right. And sport is limited, you know. Uh, maximum, I had a couple of years left anyways. So uh, sport is limited, and, and the exit was important to me, and it was the best possible moment. There was never going to be another moment as good as that. That's almost impossible. Um, and, and now looking back, I can say it's, I'm still floating on cloud nine as a result, because my last memory 
uh, of one of the most powerful experiences in my life is still uh, just so damn amazing. And uh, and so it's a huge asset for my for my well-being in life, you know, and I'm just super thankful and that's why it was the right call. But I'm very sorry to everybody who was following me and supporting me, of course, because I totally understand they would love to continue watching me battle Lewis because uh, I think uh, people really enjoyed that. But, you know, I mean, I think we had some great years and uh, got to move on. It's Nico Rosberg and Hamilton's onto the grass and Hamilton's had a massive crash and he's crashed into his teammate. The two silver arrows have crashed on the opening lap. How could we not enjoy it, Nico? It was fabulous stuff. But of course, you know, one thing that's going to surround you forevermore is people saying to you things like, because you're a great advocate for uh, electrification, for example, people are always going to say, oh, oh, you know, what do you reckon? Will you get a seat in Formula E and all this kind of stuff? And you, I thought you had drawn a line in the sand, which was like, I'm never racing again. And then I find that out you've been in a sim and you're e-racing. What's going on, Nico? What, I'm confused. Have you, are you still, are you thinking of coming back? What's happening? <laughs> so well that was for uh, for Heineken uh, for my partner and uh, it's it's for a good cause because I'm involved with them to save lives on the road uh, we're doing huge road safety campaigns with them and so it was for a good cause so I was I was very happy to do that and to be honest I was really really quick in sims uh, in my in my career back in the day okay um, so I thought I thought okay here we go let's spend a bit of time practicing like a couple of hours and I'm going to be right there with the best in the world Little did I know, I mean, these guys are just incredibly quick because <laughs> they have the same talent as the most talented F1 drivers. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they spend so much time in there. It's insane. Like I was doing perfect laps and I was one and a half seconds away from them per lap. So that was like extremely demotivating for me. So since since then, I haven't spent much time in the same anymore. But uh, <laughs> they're incredibly sim racers. Well, look, for, for what it's worth, I can recommend Mario Kart. That is uh, my it's favorite game of all time. <laughs> I used to spend hours. I think I was one of the first fastest in the world back in the day. I used to do time, time trials, just trying to beat my time. Hours and hours and hours and hours. Brilliant. You see, I would say, I bet you weren't the fastest in the world in the day because I was really good. But, you know, you've sort of proven your speed <laughs> quite a bit more than me. So, you know, I'll, I'll hand that one to you. The big question, of course, Nico, because everybody, you, you've got so much affection across the world, not just from motorsport, but, you know, the, the whole world. But everybody knows you, everybody thinks you're fabulous and, and has a, a great fondness for you. And so the big question is what Nico did next. You know, you, you decided you left F1 and you decided to actually use your time in a very different way, didn't you? You thought, right, rather than entertain and, and race, I'm going to educate, inspire and inform. I did 10 years of studying psychology. Uh, in my time in F1, really to help me with sports mentality, but also to help me in my life in the end, uh, to get even more uh, mental well-being. And what I learned most is that it's, I, I'm, I'm a strong believer that I must more and more dedicate time to a life of service, uh, to being of service to others, because not only is that good for others, but in the end, it will also be good for myself. What you give uh, comes back one day. Um, and, uh, and there I found my positioning now as a sustainability entrepreneur. So everything I'm doing uh, as, a, as an entrepreneur, as you can see behind me, <laughs> those are many of my investment cases floating around behind me. Um, I'm, I'm really invested in particularly in mobility of the future. Uh, so which is uh, greener, greener mobility and, uh, and greener energy and all these kind of things. That's what I'm doing. And so what has been the, the sort of because, of course, we know that green mobility and, and, and transportation of the future, we talk about electrification. A lot of people also think that hydrogen power cells are going to be a big, big player. You know, what's what's your money on, as it were? Because as, as an entrepreneur, obviously, you have literally put your money where your mouth is. Um, no, first of all, it's on electric mobility for the for the medium term. Um, that's a clear case. 
and and it's a huge opportunity to be, to make mobility more sustainable. Of course, we still do need to have more renewable energy sources feeding the feeding the cars with electricity because at the moment, if you take Germany as an example, we have 60% of the energy uh, uh, from going into electric cars coming from coal uh, coal plants. So obviously that's really bad, and and that makes electric cars in Germany sometimes even less sustainable at the moment than some combustion engines. Um, but it's the future, and the path is right. So we need more renewable energy sources. And then we also need to have the whole battery recycling process uh, going in a, in a much better manner because at the moment there's not really a great plan for that yet. Um, but so, so yeah, I'm sure of electric mobility. After that comes hydrogen, as you say, but that's going to be 25 years, I think, because the whole infrastructure there is going to be a huge mission to set up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you, when you think about buying an electric car, particularly here in the UK, you know, the, the stories you hear about people's reluctance to get involved are partly about range. Of course, uh, electric cars also come at a bit of a premium at the moment. They're, they're, they're quite dear. They can be at least. And then the other thing is, you know, we, we think about our mobile phones. You know, you get a mobile phone and it works beautifully for the first few months. You can use a whole day and, and you know, the battery's still there. But the battery does. We always, we've all seen our batteries degrade and people are afraid that if they get an electric car, the battery's going to do exactly the same thing with a mobile and just kind of disappear on you all one day. What's, what's your experience? So it's totally right that there's still some, some resistance, uh, justifiably so, um, for all the reasons that you mentioned, the range, the cost, um, and, and the price, price drop uh, being when, when, when it is a used car, all those, all those things matter. And that's why it's not mass adopted yet. But we're in this transition period. And as soon as we get the price to being equal or below the combustion engine, those are the kind of, kind of levers that we desperately need now to get electric mobility really to take off. And I'm sure that the governments are, are going to be supporting more and more. I mean, we saw in Germany now they just dropped the taxes on them and, and have supported in other ways. And, and then we also have still the infrastructure problem that at the moment, if you decide to take a big drive with the electric car, A, you might not get far enough, and B, you, you don't know if there's a charger there. The other day I drove, to, uh, I drove from Berlin to Leipzig and I got there with a Tesla and there was no charger in the whole city, so I was just stuck. And I complained, I complained to the mayor, I complained to the mayor of Leipzig in person, and he got really angry at me because he said, we have 140 chargers, superchargers in this city. What are you talking about, Mr. Rosberg? And it turns out that they were just not adaptable to the Tesla car. Oh. So it's just, it's, it's just fragmented and everybody trying to do their own thing. And that's a huge problem. Yeah, the manufacturers need to, 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 to kind of speak. You go to a petrol pump right now, one petrol fills all cars. You know, if you're a petrol car, you can use any petrol in it. It, it, it must be the same with an electric car, mustn't it? You know, you, we must have the situation that any electric car can pull up to any charger and be able to get a charge, surely. Further than, uh, than cars, I've also invested quite heavily into uh, flying taxis. Uh, I don't know if you can see one behind what? me. Yes, yes. Nico, Nico <laughs> has the most brilliant backdrop. We're, we're chatting on Skype right now, and he's got, so is this your city that, that you're sitting in front of, then, Nico? Because we've got future cars. There's you know there's a cool landscape. There's kind of uh, skyscrapers with plants growing up them, and, and all kinds of awesome things. And there's a flying taxi. So, uh, right, come on, that's just a drawing. Is this is this real? What's what's going on here? Well, this is the way a city is going to look in the future, and uh, and I like to use the diagram because I can I can show a lot of examples of what the of what the future is going to look like, and you've got the flying taxi somewhere there, I don't know, um, which I've invested in, as I said, and and I really believe in flying taxis because it's going to be a huge opportunity for us to increase our well-being by reducing commuting and by being able to the, to live outside of cities in the green, um, because the, the the flying taxis are going to be so efficient and so fast and so cheap. Uh, so that's another big advantage. They're really going to democratize flying because once they go autonomous, 
they're not going to cost much more than a taxi today per kilometer. So it's really going to democratize flying and decongest cities, uh, let, reduce the emissions in cities, reduce the noise. It's going to be uh, big. And people think, oh, this is like in a sci-fi movie. One of the portfolio companies of mine are going to be launching commercial flights in the next two years. So in the next two years, you and I can jump in one of these things. It's going to be Singapore or Dubai, probably, uh, but it's around the corner. So does that mean, because we, we have seen, I think it's one of the members of the royal family in Dubai has been in, in one of these flying taxis, haven't they? Does that mean that you, because of you've obviously invested, you must have been up close and personal with some prototype vehicles. Have you had a fly yourself? Not yet, unfortunately, no. Oh. Um, but that from the royal family in Dubai was actually the, the company I'm invested in. Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to the first flight uh, very, very soon, hopefully. Now that you're known as an entrepreneur, Nico, and obviously everybody is aware that you know, you're, you're looking at sort of sensible, sustainable, future-focused opportunities, do you get some of the most crazy things coming across your desk that do feel like a sci-fi movie? Do you have people kind of going to you say, hey, listen, we know you've invested in this and this. Well, have you seen this? Have you had some mad things proposed to you yet? Or is there a bit of a sense check before it gets to you? I see so much technology coming through because I've created one of the leading festivals for green technology in Europe. And yeah. It's called Green Tech Festival. And uh, we had our first event last year in Berlin and we had 40,000 participants. So it was a, a massive event. And, and this is really one of my lighthouse projects at the moment. And it's a platform where we get where we get all the thought leaders together and all the, all the greatest green technologies together. And this year's event is gonna be on the 16th to 18th of September. Again, it's happening in Berlin. And we're also going virtual. So uh, for all of you, if you're not able to, to come in person, check out the virtual module, uh, 16th to 18th September, greentechfestival.com. I mean, Germany has a more open door policy than we have here in the UK right now. You've adjusted to the virus in a slightly different way. So does that mean that the Green Tech Festival, you will still be able to get large numbers of people there as well as having the online experience and the virtual experience? Well, of course, we need to stick to the social distancing measures and all the other measures uh, to take care of the corona situation in the festival. But uh, events are allowed and, and we will have a couple of thousand people there uh, at different times, you know, maybe not everybody in the same time. But we're planning it accordingly and, um, and we're going ahead full speed. The only thing, of course, is that we, we're not going to be able to have 40,000 people in the exhibition. So that's the only module which we need to ramp down. But apart from that, it's going ahead with the same kind of content as, as last year. Brilliant. I mean, last year's event was massive. Uh, what's, what's particularly standing out for you for this year? What are the highlights in your head that you think, do you know what, you're going to love this? Um, we're going to have a, a virtual hour where we're going to get uh, like really some of the most inspirational people together, all talking about the Paris Agreement and the 1.5 degree climate or global warming target, which is so crucial to achieve in this decade. And everybody's going to refer back to that with their projects and with what they're doing. And that's going to be, uh, I think, super big. So again, you're welcome to tune in for that. It's called uh, Switch Green. Ah, it's going to be amazing. Um, Nico, it's, it's such a joy talking to you. You know, you, you've got this great focus of the world. You know, do you ever sort of think of yourself as a futurist? Because obviously you're an entrepreneur, but you're, you're, you're investing in future technologies. And you've obviously seen lots and lots of data to see how cities are going to be transformed in the coming decades. So do you, do you ever kind of think of yourself as a bit of a crystal ball gazer? You want a little bit, but I'm very much investing also in the now because some of these technologies are ready to go now and they are already going now. I'm driven to inspire my young kids to also live a life of service and, for example, preserve the environment or if they have other passions, then different ways. I absolutely love that. What a, what a mission statement, Nico. That's absolutely fantastic. Is, is any of this driven nature to preserve the future and to, to, to leave a better planet for your children as well, is any of this 
is there any guilt to obviously your former career in F1 where, you know, we know that lots of fossil fuels are burnt to make that happen because they're incredibly fast cars going around racetracks and, you know, aeroplanes full of people traveling the world left, right and center. Is there is there a degree of guilt and you're, you're balancing it out in you know, the equivalent of a big company planting a million trees, you know, because they've done something that needs to be offset, as it were, or is it just, no, I'm, I'm doing this because it feels right? Let's remember that F1 is also going climate uh, emission-free 2030. They've very set uh, ambitious goals in line with yeah. all other big corporations in the world. And we also need to remember that F1's hybrid engine is most likely the most efficient engine in the world at the moment and more efficient and environmentally friendly than electric engines, than fully electric engines. Um, so F1 is on, a, is on a good path there and, and they're doing more and more. So I'm proud of the direction that they're taking and that, that they're also taking sustainability so seriously since, uh, since some time now. Yeah, no, well said, well said. Thank you for picking me up on that. I'm glad you did. Um, Nico, thank you so much for talking to us. Um, just quickly, what's next for you? You seem to be so busy. You've got so much going on, but other than obviously the Green Tech Fest in September, what else are you looking forward to for the rest of 2020? What else is, is in your diary that's going to be a special moment for you? Um, well, I'm a dragon. I'm a dragon in Germany on Dragon's Den. <laughs> That's really cool. What a great answer. Middle of, we're in the middle of filming now, and as soon as I can, we're going to end up filming the, the rest of the season. And the first show is going live end of August. And I'm the sustainability on, in, investor, you know, in, in, on the show. Um, so investing really into sustainable, into startups that, that are like focused on sustainability and sustainable topics. Um, and so this is really a big project and it's not easy huh? because I'm sitting next to like the biggest and most successful startup billionaires in Germany um, you know, who've been doing it for 40 years. So, uh, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm up to speed now and it's exciting and it's a good challenge and, and it's been quite successful. I've got some great investments already so far, which uh, I'll be able to tell you about in autumn. What a sentence. I love that you were able to just drop that in. I'm a dragon. And it just just confirm this for me, Nico. Is is it your own cash, right? It is your own pile of because in the UK version there are there's like a pile of money sitting on a table. Is that is that a prop or have you brought in your own cash to to, to stake your claim? So I don't know how it is in the UK, but in, in Germany I come to the show with my suitcases full of cash and I put them on the table and, then, and when I invest, I hand over my own suitcases. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, that's the way it needs to be done. Uh, to make the show authentic as well, that's important, you know, that really we have skin in the game. Um, but I'm happy as well because you can have success then with the companies and there's incredible companies coming through. Uh, so that's, that's how it goes, yeah. That's absolutely wonderful. And do you, obviously over here, when, an, when a dragon is not interested, they're just like, no, I'm out. I'm out. Have you got like a catchphrase? Have you have you perfected the way that you make it clear that you're not interested? Ich bin raus. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I can't wait to watch it. German equivalent of uh, I'm out in a very dry in a very dry manner. But it's different from nation to nation. Like if you look at the US guys, they can be so harsh on the startups. In Germany, I don't know how it is in the UK, but in Germany we have to be quite careful. Because uh, like the public, uh, the public loves all the all the founders, and if you if you uh, go too hard on them, you get you get a big backlash. Brilliant. So you need to be a little bit more careful in Germany. Brilliant, I love it. Well, I can't wait to watch it. Um, Nico, your company has been fabulous today. Thank you so much for your generosity and 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 all your time. Really interesting stuff happening, uh, and I think really it's a case of watch this space with you, isn't it? Nico's world is a fun one.
Oh, and please check out my my Instagram. You can win my electric motorbike at at the moment. What? I have a raffle going to raise funds for for Corona and for those suffering from Corona. And it's a high performance electric motorbike customized by myself. Oh. So if you check out on my Instagram, you can you can win the motorbike with one ticket. You just need to buy one ticket, which I I believe is ten ten pounds, and you can win my thirty thousand pound worth electric motorbike. So you can all look into that. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. The Driven Chat podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. That's it. We've just heard from a world champion, Mr. Nico Rosberg. What a nice man. Yeah, I, I, I'm just still blown away by him as an individual in that interview. I don't know what what you put in his tea. But you, you see, that's not the F1 driver that we used to watch. But I think we've discussed this before, didn't we, yeah. about the whole, it must be, they get the fun sucked out of them because they have to be cool and short-spoken. But yeah, look at him now. Lovely oh, man. Nice bloke. Really good company. And hopefully, he did He did sort of get in touch afterwards, which was really nice. And I'm saying this just in case his team are listening, because actually <laughs> the process of getting Nico on the show was quite elaborate. Um, most guests that we've got for the show so far and people that we've got lined up, it's been like a text message or an email or, mm. a, or a quick chat with an agent. Um, Nico was... Uh, a prolonged, almost a sort of tango with a team of people, and w- one of whom was really great and really, really helpful, but there were lots of stipulations and, and challenges. So um, hopefully they are monitoring this because, you know, they're really on it, which is very mm. impressive. Uh, you know, they're, they're obviously protecting his brand, and rightly so. But, um, yeah, if they are listening, Nico has invited us, the team, to his Green Tech Fest in September in Germany. Exciting. And assuming, you know, we're allowed to travel and, and all the rest of it, would be lovely to be a special guest of a world champion and do something special for you and him over there. Too right. Yeah. Yeah. Plug, plug, plug. <laughs> cough, cough, cough. <laughs> <laughs> <be> very nice. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if our podcast equipment was mobile and we could take it? Oh, no, we can. Oh, yeah. In fact, we could, <laughs> do you know what? We, we have a truck with a whole camera crew in it. Oh, my goodness. We could, guys, we could take the driven truck there. I mean, hang on a sec. Oh, yeah, no, so, so the driven truck is something that I'm unbelievably excited about and proud of. Mm. And I believe that the next time you hear the podcast, so next week, the next podcast, will actually be from the driven truck at a top secret location. <laughs> Quirky's just looking at me like, you are, you what? <laughs> yeah. It's not, it can't be real. <laughs> That's incredible, man. Mind, mind blown, honestly. It's taken a lot of work. And we didn't even have to go to the Dragon's Den and pitch to Nico for this, did no. we? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's it's got a degree of sustainability to it. So, you know, he probably would have invested. And he's, I mean, hopefully 
come September, we'll have him sat in our driven truck and uh, we'll, we'll make some lovely content together, which would be pretty cool. It's a, I'm so excited about it, you know. I'm really yeah. chuffed to bits with it. Anyway, sorry, tangents. I do want to talk about the driven truck properly, but let's do that on another show. Let's do it when we're yeah. in the truck, shall we? Yeah. Very good idea. Because it's really fun. Let's talk about that next week. Okay, so this one I'm going to hand over to Amy because Amy has devised a game and messes... Why does... I keep saying messes and I don't know why. Messes is, is... It means group, right? I think it's because I've know. been reading like Harry Potter, and I think I think Dumbledore <laughs> calls out in like a headmastery way, Mrs. Potter. And all, all, all. Oh, that's a terrible Dumbledore. That's, that's better in my head. Shall I just uh, yeah carry on with that? Yeah, go on. <laughs> go on. You take over, What's Amy. I'm just gonna. So I've got a little game because obviously here. I like pictures. If you hadn't guessed, oh, so yeah. I want you to each go into your mobile phones and have a look at the last picture that you took on your mobile phone of. A car, and you can do this at home as well. And I want you to let me know, or let us all know, how if you were to own that and drive that car only for a year, if that's the only car you're allowed, how would that go for you? So it has to be a photograph that we you have, have taken, taken. Yep, of a car. Okay. Surprisingly, it's quite. A, I'm having to scroll quite a long way. Amy, can it be a motorcycle? Is that a car, you know, John? No, but I'm, it's, I'm gonna... it's a, it has two wheels and an engine and. It's what it's it's what I genuinely have photographed quite recently. Okay, yeah, let's go with that. Because this is because ah. I I ended up going actually after I saw you, you guys the last time I um I, I went over to a Harley Davidson dealership. Oh yes, <laughs> uh, to to just check out a few bikes and kick some tires because it's been a while, right? Like yeah. the dealerships haven't been open for ages, True. and yeah, yeah. that is a bit of a hobby of mine to just to go and like linger and look a bit weird. You're a dealer's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Oh, hang on. Window yeah, yeah. I'm the one that it's skews the all the metrics. <laughs> <laughs> on a, on a, the average dealer visit is about one, one. Yeah. And then I'm there about, there's this weird anomaly about this guy's been here for 30 times <laughs> and he's not bought anything. He keeps, he's he's bought filming himself around our content. <laughs> What's going on? He's filming around the bikes, he's filming around the cars. He's bought a mug. He's talking into his phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it is... Um, Anyway, it is a, uh, a Harley-Davidson uh, Street Glide C- CVO, which is one of the sort of the big sort of police bikes, basically with the massive yeah. panniers on. And okay. CVO is the custom oh, vehicle operation. the old... Let's have a quick look. Yeah. I know, it's it almost it looks a bit like it's straight out of a police academy. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Imagine... I love that. It's yeah. the, like, Terminator-style bike. Yeah, yeah. It? It's got, like, fat tyres. It's got big panniers. So mm-hmm. the, the idea about this is I've already got a motorbike and a scooter but I'm trying to justify another motorcycle at the moment to the better half. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but it has to perform a different function. It's got to be yeah. a tourer. So mm-hmm. I'm looking for something with storage and good, pis- uh, you know, good pillion seat, uh, good fairing for the weather protection. So we can go, you know, ride down to the south of France or Makes whatever. Sense. Yeah. yeah. So this, this is how I'm justifying it. I'm kind of sort of running through the process now in my head. Have you um, ridden one? And yeah. Well, okay. And it's a Harley Davidson. It's a Harley Davidson. So, I'm, I'm Surely those two words tick a lot of boxes for her. Uh, it probably ticks more of a midlife crisis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is so, so, so is a Harley the automo- the, the, the motorbike equivalent of of a nine eleven? Mm. Yes. Yeah, I think it is. When when you can't afford the nine eleven and you're in midlife crisis I moment, think, I think you then look to motorcycles. Maybe. I mean, t- there's two that's like, I, I mean, I'm you, not you amazing. Guys at you guys aren't there yet. That's right. <laughs> right. That, you know, I think that's what it is, Quirky. It's yeah. the generation gap. It is, yeah. Yep. I think Harley are having a bit, of a, 
I think Harley Davidson ha- having a bit of a, a crisis at the moment, an identity crisis of who their bikes are for, because they're yeah. desperately trying. I know they're they're struggling big time in the states, which is where they usually sell loads of them. But people in the states, or, or what I should say, is young people in the US predominantly, just aren't buying motorcycles anymore. Full stop. Like right. the the sale of motorcycles has plummeted, and of course Harleys have been associated to men of a certain age, a certain length of beard, and a certain lack of hair on their head. Um, I think South Park may have killed Harley Davidson. Oh, God. Was, what was, a great episode. There was, there was an advert. Uh, well, there, there was we an episode <laughs> about... You've got, uh, if anyone's listening, you need to just go on YouTube. And, go on YouTube, and, search South Park Harley Davidson. South Park Harley Davidson. And then all you'll be doing for the rest of the day is... <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then you'll see what we mean. Respect yeah. my tartars. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. such a bad impression. But I still like them. I think they, they perform a really... You know, really solid function. They're good a, they're for a, you. They're a good tourer. Good for you. And wow. um, John, you haven't got John Marco on sign here. Quite I know, I know. I'm, so I, you quite enjoy having your year of, of riding it around. Then that'd be your kind of like sitting in an armchair yeah. on wheels. Well, this is this has got like speakers in the panniers. Oh, it's got yes. you know, it's got satellite navigation. Oh. It, it's it's I got. I see Marco cringing next oh. to me. <laughs> it does. No, it does weigh about two hundred fifty kilos. <laughs> you say cringe, but the audio version of what he's doing could be something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> you know, th- it's like if you're just. If you've just tuned in Sorry. and randomly skipped to this part of the podcast, <laughs> you don't know if John Markell's elated or horrified. That is, that is very true. But it could be that he's completely obsessing over what Quirky's discussing. No. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get one for the podcast. We'll revu- review it as a group. Okay. I think it if will you be. Can convert I, think, me. I think I can convert Markell. Maybe we need to do like a, that's a There's test. a challenge. That's a test. I want to see that. Mm-hmm. I really want to see that. Mm. Brilliant. Okay. Yeah. We'll. we'll drive along behind them in something amy but they can oh, well, can i, I mean, bring my own paper bag basically quirky your challenge right here we go proper challenge for the pod your challenge quirky is to get marker making those noises but in the affirmative <laughs> by riding him with the harley steady on <laughs> okay, Wording there. Good Lord. okay john let's move over onto your phone now what, what a great idea what, what are we able to see Right, I, I've had to scroll quite a long way because I've got a lot of very bizarre photos on my camera roll at the moment. The last photograph I took—they mostly car. of kneecaps. Um, there are a few kneecaps in you've there. You've got actually. a kneecap fetish. Yeah. Kneecaps and collarbones—that's what Marcar's into. Oh, this is uh, first I've heard of it. Actually. Yeah, first I've heard of it too. <laughs> but we'll go with it. My the last photograph I took of a car was a car that I nearly bought. I say I didn't nearly buy it. Actually, I went to see it. Um, it has a dog in the photo as well. It's an a, a E39 BMW Estate. 530D. I've been looking for weeks for a cheap, sensible daily car, mm. and this was one that I went to see. And the dog is a little a picture of a staffy in front of it, which was a very smelly dog. Um, <laughs> may have been the reason I didn't buy the car. And the only reason I took the photo, funnily enough, you were saying that you were sharing a photo with your missus. I actually sent the fo- this photo to a girl and said, "Would it, would I be a bit of a dad if I bought this? Like, is it uncool?" And she said, "Yes." I didn't buy it. Would you? Oh. Would you like it in blue? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and that's the only reason it's not a very exciting story but yeah I went to see a car to buy it I didn't buy it I took a photo of the car there's a dog and there's a man in the high-vis jacket so really if you had that for a year it wouldn't make your life any different it wouldn't really matter because it's a, it, I took it for a test drive and it was a perfectly fine car it just wasn't very exciting and John's girlfriend would leave him <laughs> that's, that's, that's the other thing I mean that's have a, a major dog. factor to be fair yeah <laughs> to be fair right well look I mean the big test obviously the pair of you love your cars and bikes and mm. therefore do take a fair few photographs but nowhere near the number of photographs that Amy takes 
daily. Oh, yeah. I imagine yeah. your your phone must just be your memory after memory. Have you got like it's either going to be many terabytes really of cloud storage? Well, I I had to. So that's why I had to be very specific because I've got loads of photographs that I've taken, but on my camera, not on my actual phone. So yeah. I had to look for one that I'd just taken on my phone. And the last one was actually of something a little bit different. I had never seen one of these or heard one of these until I um, drove it on uh, I think Wednesday. Is a low cost the it's a Caterham, oh, but yeah. not a Caterham with a Mazda engine, um, an MX, um, uh, yeah, an MX-5 engine in that it. That sounds perfect. It's, they are. Well, I you know, I can show you. It's, well, oh, it's very ooh. rough around the edges. Uh, there's no uh, doors or windows or roof or anything. You have to kind of climb through the, the roll bar to, to get Surely it. Surely you just jump over the roof. Well, that's how you get out. Um. So, um, yeah, you have to try and get in and out through the side, but uh, yeah, it depends. So I was I was driving th- driving that around. So I think if I had to have that for a year, I could not do any shopping unless I. Well, no, I probably could actually. I've got passenger seat. Um, I've still got bruises on my back and, and legs from mm. being wedged into this racing car. Just plastic seat jobby, yep. no cushions or anything. nothing, mm. nothing at all. That wouldn't be fun for a year unless, no. unless you're a Fifty Shades fan. <laughs> that wouldn't. <laughs> no. In which case, it's the car for you. Does it have a windscreen? On my side, yeah, but not on the passenger side. So, so you're going to so get wet. Yeah. Oh. So, But it's hella fun if you're bombing around Donington. Got to say, sure right, kudos to Amy, the only one, to be fair, she did set the question, <laughs> but the only one that has actually answered the question correctly. The two of you took it on romantic tangents, right? I enjoyed and the romantic and, tangents. And Markar's random noises. But like, so, <laughs> so let's throw the question over properly. Quirky, could you survive on that bike for a year as the Absolutely. only mode of transport? Right. Yeah. So that's even a yes. when it's like minus ten, you've got to yeah. get up at five in the morning to go to an yeah. airport. Even he, if other gri- people can see you. Have you seen? Have you seen <laughs> that the Harley Davidson parts and accessories catalogue? It is like a tome, honestly. Do you remember the yellow, you remember yellow pages, Andy? These I, two might not. Yeah, I remember, yeah, I remember pages. Yellow pages. I, I used to be able to tear them in half. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, look at those four. Used to be something I tested on myself regularly. <laughs> so, but the Harley, the Harley catalogue is massive, and you can get like heated seats, uh, heated grips, bigger. So, bigger so, so, did the did the one you have a picture of have all of these accessories? I mean, because you it may not, it may not have had heated seats ticked. No, it, it didn't the have speakers the may seats. not have worked. It, it had, it had the. Heat. It was, it was pretty trick. I Why mean, there are, there are a lot of money. They're like nearly thirty thousand pounds. Right, yeah. exactly. For a, yeah. for a CBO. That cancels it out, doesn't it? It's Why does trying it cancel to be out? a car with heated seats and heated handle. Just, just get a car. John it's more Marker, expensive than it's a car. It's not your money. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Look, if Quirky wants to spend thirty grand on a Harley, bloody let him. It's not up for it. No. It's, oh, my goodness. Yes. No. Astonishing. So that's a yes, Quirky. You saying you could have that as your only mode of transport for a year, no problem. Amy, we're saying no. I'm going to go with no. To your Caterham light, not Caterham. Yeah. Because of the bruising and the general not practical on any level. I mean, super fun, but probably not pa- practical on any level. Uh, yeah. And I don't know. It's quite fuel, uh, fuel guzzly. Yeah. But, uh, okay. Yep. So expensive to run and bruisy. And Mr. Markar, you you could you I've, could survive. I think as I've that. got struck lucky. It, probably after a year or so as well, the smell of the wet, aging staffy would would probably go with all the windows open for a year. Wouldn't you just Wouldn't you just buy a Christmas tree? You I know, could, I could do. Get it Get it round the old uh, mirrors. It's a giant pine <laughs> yeah. air freshener. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a tree in the back. <laughs> you know, you see you, you see it all the time, like people with like thirteen of them around their stu- around their like indicator stalker in their car. You think, God. Trying to mask the smell of, but yeah, I'll just follow that suit and it should be fine. But yeah, mine would work. Yours would be yours would be absolutely fine. Sorry, I keep moving away from the microphone because I keep thinking that you know. Have you got any cars on on your? Yeah, phone? I want to know what you've yeah. got. Yeah, so, yeah, go th- so the last genuinely the last car, and I'm and I am excited about this. The last car I have a photograph of is the studio car, uh, which I could comfortably uh, okay. live with for a year because a it's my job, <laughs> b 
It's amazing. C, it's a one-of-a-kind. D, it's electric. C, it sits... Oh, no, it's not C after D, is it? It's E, <laughs> right? It's all right, we're regressing. It's <laughs> B. It's seats four in luxury. It's a supercar. It's amazing. I love it. And I'm sorry if it sounds a bit cheaty, but it is genuinely the last photo I have of a car on my phone that I took. And I love it. It's okay. such a cool car. And, um, yeah, next week... You, let me Let me work out. So we saw Nico Rosberg in it this week. Yeah, next week... Joining me in that car is Ricky Wilson from the Kaiser Chiefs mm-hmm. and, awesome. you know, voice judge, etc. And do you know what you can talk about together? He also had a Civic Type R. I know. God, I, I know. In actual fact, he was he <laughs> oh. was sort of a Honda ambassador for a little while, sort of. Cool. But, you know, we don't want to spoil for next week, yeah. Quirky. But, you know, good knowledge. Well done. Uh, and he, <laughs> he currently drives a, a RAV4. So there you go. Um, look, I think that's all we've got time for right now, yeah. which is a shame, but... I hope you've enjoyed it. It's been lovely chatting to you again. Um, John Markar, you like to tell people how to get in touch because anyone that doesn't hasn't worked this out yet, John is the man that runs all our social media accounts. So if ever you do say hello uh, and stuff, he's the one that says hi back. It is, yeah. And I, I don't always tell people that. I had a lovely message from, I've forgotten your name, I'm sorry, but somebody already sent a message of support. And I, I replied saying, uh, with my email address, and they replied saying, oh, we know John from the Gumball days. and uh, I can't remember who they were. But it was nice that wow. somebody replied with that. But yes. That's um, a confession. Going off, yeah, and that person <laughs> who I've now said I can't remember who you were, and um, I haven't emailed you back. But it will, I'll, I'll sort that. Anyway, moving on. Yes, if you are listening, which you are, which is very exciting, and you'd like to engage with us, which we would like, because that's very exciting, um, please go on to our, the latest Instagram post that we have. And it doesn't matter when you're listening to this. If the year is 2025, it doesn't matter. Find our latest Instagram post, and I'd like you to comment, just so I know you're listening, I love Laguna Seca Blue M3s. That's that's far too long. <laughs> that's far too long. You can shorten it to LSB M3. How about how about we keep it much simpler than that? How about just hashtag Fat Harley? Oh, because that will well, really oh. irk Mr. Markar, and it'll, and that's th- there's some support for Quirk. True. What do you, what do you reckon? Fat are you Harley. happy with that, Quirky? Hashtag Fat Harley. I don't know if that's a compliment or not. <laughs> I, just, I just figured it was easier to spell. I don't think it was supposed to be a personal attack on you. But you're, you're neither Fat true. nor a Harley. Or, you know, yeah, okay, Fat Harley or Blue M3s are fine. Whichever you, as the listener, make your educated choice. I just don't want them to have to go through the rigmarole of having to spell Laguna Seca Blue. Because that's that's going to stop me straight away. I'm just going to no, too much effort. I can do Fat Harley. I can do Blues Cool. But I can't go Laguna Seca Blue. That's a hashtag. I, I think my phone will auto correct and it'll do something ridiculous. So keep it nice <laughs> and simple. Anyway, listen, it's the Driven Chat podcast. We really appreciate you listening. Thanks very much for your company today. Um, check out Driven, the radio show, uh, across the weekend on Talk Radio. Check out DrivenChat.com where we're uploading videos. I mean, as fast as we can produce them. And next week, we're going to be in the truck. Woo! The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, wow. 
you've made it to the end. The very end. And it's John Markar here again, reminding you that this podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now run its course and has come to an end. To find the new format, search the Driven podcast in your preferred podcast app or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps. Thanks. Bye.